Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com, and as always, I'm joined by co-host Dilly Algema and our stalwart producer, Simon Josie, to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. Hey, everybody. Um, before we get going any further, we've got to welcome back Dilly, who was uh, off sick last week. Welcome back, Dilly. Yay! Yay! Lovely to be back, Nick. Hi, Simon. Hello. And since you're back, I'm going to have to put you through the ringer dilly because uh that's that's what we do on the podcast because did you know it's almost episode 150 which means it's almost a year since you started co-hosting the show congratulations thank Woo! you it's been almost a year huh i, I mean where yeah, does the yeah. time go and uh thank you for having me nick and simon no problem thank you for joining us but but there is always a but you do know what it means if you've been here for a year it's your annual review, of course. <laughs> we have to put you through an important, an important process, which every German company, if not every good company around the world should, which is to check in with you, you know, check in with you, see how you're doing. How do you feel about that, Dilly? Do you feel like you're prepared and ready for your annual review? Uh, you know, Nick, I, um, you know, roll it out, roll it out. I'll, I'll take it as it comes. <laughs> Okay. Um, with me being the diligent founder of the podcast, I, of course, spent a vast amount of time researching these very important annual review questions. And just so we're clear, listener, I didn't Google annual review questions and steal this all from one website. Okay? Just so you know. Of course I didn't. didn't. That's definitely not what happened. Nah. Okay. Let's start with the first, first question. What accomplishments on the podcast are you most proud of, Dilly? Thank you for asking that very interesting question, Nick. I think I would say I'm very proud of having overcome my fear of public speaking. It's very easy to speak on a podcast because there is our lovely producer, Simon, and there's you. And so I don't see the listeners and that, that makes it easy for me. You said like the lovely producer, Simon, and then you said, and you, does that mean I'm not lovely? And I'm, the I'm lovely not and my lovely co-host, <laughs> Nick, the lovely co-host. That's more like Nick, it. Nick, that is more like it. Oh, I'm sorry, love. <laughs> That's a big tick. Okay, you've answered <laughs> that question correctly. Second question. What do you like most about working on the podcast? You know, to be quite serious, I think uh, I, I like that my experience of living in Germany as an immigrant uh, counts here and that I'm validated. I am glad that we relate to each other. Um uh, it, it really matters to me. I look forward to this podcast every week. I agree. I kind of feel like it's our therapy session. Isn't it? I know. I agree with you. Just a bit. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Okay. That's definitely another tick. You're doing well. That's two out of two. Yay. Um, what skills do you have that you believe we could use more effectively? Well, are you asking about me or the podcast in general? I'm asking about your skills that you could bring to or we could be using more effectively on the podcast? My skills. You know, so, uh, many years ago, a friend said that she can see me as a stand-up comedian. And I don't think I make myself out to be as funny as I can be. I, I always wonder about that. Are you hiding your light under a bushel, Dilly? Is that what you're saying? Are we uh, dampening your style? Is that how it came across? Jesus Christ. No, I just, I, I, I think I can be funnier. I, um, 
you know, no one's stopping you from being funnier, Dilly. So just, you know, fill Nobody's stopping me. Just just myself. I mean, I would say that that's not quite the answer you've written in the script, which says humor, full stop. Nick certainly needs a, a few lessons here. Hmm. Yeah, because I thought I we know. were talking about uh, our collective <laughs> skill set. And I think you can be a bit funnier, Nick, you know. It's uh, sometimes oh, it's right, just thanks. too dry, you know. Harsh, <laughs> harsh, <laughs> brutal. You know, last week's guest, Kate Muser, <laughs> said that that I was hilarious. Uh, I'm just saying. Did she? Saying. Did she, she? Did she tweeted out that I? When did she say that? For, uh, she said the hell. Well, I do you want me to read the bloody tweet to you. I will. Is she in the room with us now? No, no. But um, I mean, she just she just understands class. That's all I'm saying. She understands. She said, she said, chatting with the talented slash hilarious at 40% German, which is me, listener. That's me she's talking about. Little old me. Slash hilarious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> slash hilarious. <laughs> only, you would, only you would take that. It's like, oh, well, I mean, it's not, it's not fully hilarious, is it? Does, does that also mean you're not fully talented as well? <laughs> does that mean I'm not fully talented? Well, well, Simon, I, I can't really say. I mean, it's uh, it's in the eye of the beholder, and at the moment, the two beholders are really battering my shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll put a tick there just for my own self defence. What can I do to make your hosting more enjoyable? Not flash your underwear. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Pardon. <laughs> What are you saying? Yeah. Right. I second that. Hey, 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 listener, before we go any further, I feel like I'm about to, my character is about to be assassinated. Not just assassinated, tortured first, then assassinated. Yeah. But could you please explain to the, to, the, to the listeners that I am not just sitting in my pants or that I'm intentionally flashing you during the podcast? Well, it's just ridiculous. Like Every so often when we're recording the podcast, Nick is interrupted, usually by one of his younger children. And he has to stand up and turn around and walk away from the desk. And invariably, his pants are halfway down his legs, like he's <laughs> like 13 years old. It's ridiculous. I mean, grow up. You just turned 40. Right. Look, I'm, right, I don't want to brag, but I've lost six kilos in the last No, 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 no. Stop, this has right? been going on the past year. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. This has got nothing to do with your recent bloody fitness regime. Okay. I know. My wife hates it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about my jeans. My, none, of, no, none of my jeans fit properly. I don't know why. None of your belts do either? Yeah, well, well, my belt is as tight as it can go. I'm a 36 waist, right? It's as tight as it's going to get. Maybe maybe it's because I'm like in between trouser grades, but my jeans do hang quite low. I, you're not the first person to have commented that I need to pull my trousers up. So, um, But yeah, as long as the listener doesn't come away with thinking that I'm like, mid-conversation just flashing my kex at you so um well, i'm just gonna tick that because i feel fully chastened um so you're doing you're really well dilly i'm beginning to regret having come up with this idea anyway um the last question i am terrified to ask do do, do you have any questions for me perhaps please say no i have four questions for you i don't know how many simon has Oh, God. So, Nick, what are you most proud of about the podcast? Um, actually, the thing I'm most proud of happened at the end of August when I was able to take a week off. Mm. And you two 
presented without us and we put out a show and you did all you did all the work on that show like you don't know listeners what happens behind the scenes but i i, I sort of when when it comes to putting out a show we we record it simon edits it and then i do all the sort of background stuff except for our intern who does the decades from home twitter account tilly okay we have a special intern the intern who really likes you i see yeah the intern who really lo- just loves me don't know why i mean good taste that's all i can say um they do they do all the the decades from home um twitter accounts <laughs> okay and uh the uh so i i do a lot of other like i we collaborate on the the title and uh, you guys do the proofreading and i write the the blurb and the tweets and stuff and um you did all of that without me and i can honestly say i was like like I, m- m- my um surprised no not surprised at all i wasn't i knew you would be amazing but i told my sister that and she was like it's amazing that you've built something and then you're able to walk away and it still runs and you guys like did that and i was dead proud that made me really happy so sorry to be really earnest but that's that's what it was i'm patting myself on the back you should it was fantastic i was really proud of both of you i was dead happy the next question is where do you see decades from home in two years that's the where is the cardinal sin of asking annual review questions right you're not going to ask about where do you see yourself in so many, <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'd like to think that we'd be still going i think we do for a podcast that has no we don't have a a celebrity backer we don't we do everything in house we record it ourselves we've we've never been in the same room together mm. every week we do it remotely um it gets edited we put it out and we've done that 150 times or well 149 times so far i think it's amazing that we were able to do that and if we can do that for another two years then i'll be really impressed i don't have any pretensions it'd be nice i mean if I, if i'm speaking from the heart it'd be nice that if every listener was to bring in another listener and we double our listenership that would be amazing but like that's that like i don't expect anything from the listeners i don't expect anything other than you listen to it and enjoy it and we don't never ask you for anything particularly other than emails but yeah it'd just be nice to be out there say we're doing episode 300 or something you know okay i have two more questions so what skills would you ask for from the podcast genie if you could what skills marketing department ah. like if we had just a if we had like a just a people who would be like market the podcast mm. and make sort of cool trailers and do all mm-hmm. that stuff it would be great take a lot of time off of uh of of our hands but but like ultimately i don't know really what i could ask for more than what we've got okay my last question next so when are we getting our decades from home t-shirts made <laughs> what it's not, it's, it's something i've been thinking about a lot really me too like I, i don't know i because merch is such a it's such a dangerous kind of road to travel down because i've got very specific opinions about about graphic design mm. and i think that if we were to do merch it would have to be a particular you can there's like loads of websites even like squarespace does it now where they're like we'll make you a t-shirt and they just print a a late like a, a logo on a t-shirt or a cup or something and i'm like that would be fun i guess but it would look a bit crap 
So I don't know. I mean, I'd like to do that. Um, if anyone's got a screen printer at home, let me know. <laughs> maybe we can, maybe we can make a deal. But um, as of yet, it is a, a future hope. Maybe that's what we can do in two years. Lovely. Any questions from Simon for us? I, I'm not sure it would it would be appropriate for me to raise questions because I wasn't the person who was having the personal review. You know, the annual review. So yours is next week, Simon. You just you just <laughs> slide right through. I'm the one who's being gatekept. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so harsh. It sounds so harsh. Right. Well, we better move on then, because uh, this is this is beginning to become more like an inquisition than I'd hoped. Um, especially an inquisition towards me. I don't mind if it's inquisition in Dilly's direction, but I wasn't expecting the uh, the annual review to be turned on me. <sighs> anyway. Do you know um, how a few weeks ago, Dilly and mm -hmm. Simon, I said that there was basically like no news and it was crazy how some weeks it's lots of news and some weeks there's no news and it's feast and famine. Well, this is one of those weeks where there's literally too much news to put on the podcast. There's too much stuff happening. And uh, I wanted to run you through a couple of things that I'd noticed, but I don't want to necessarily talk about in any vast amount of detail, but there's... Uh, the big discussion at the moment in Germany has been the new immigration laws that are being proposed. And a lot of that is to do with uh, strengthening borders mm. around Poland and the Czech Republic. And there's a lot of discussions about amounts of people who will be allowed in the country. They're mm. talking a lot about refugees. And uh, this is weird thing happening that happened in Britain where migration and, 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 and asylum seekers are being kind of amalgamated together. Uh, so that's just a big topic that I thought, listeners, if you're outside of Germany, you might not be aware of. But the other thing, because we talk about it a lot, is obviously we talked about the Biden election results last week, and we've been talking about this slow kind of radicalization of the far right and this extreme right that seems to be taking hold. and. Uh, polls for the um, Sonntagsfrage where they ask about what which way people would vote every Sunday is, is, is put the AfD in like, I think, second place in the whole of Germany, which is pretty terrifying. Mm. And I thought it was interesting that the government have chosen as their first big policy after the summer break to be immigration, which suggests that they're kind of tapping into this concern about the right. But the really interesting thing for me was that mm. Olaf Scholz, the chancellor, and Friedrich Merz, the leader of the opposition, who has been so, yeah, he's been sort of drinking the the, the Kool-Aid of the far right over the last year, actually went and sat down and had dinner and discussed immigration law on Saturday. And I was like, that's an interesting shift because it sounds a lot less populist than it did before. And I wonder if that's like a shift that's happening where Friedrich Merz has gone, oh, hang on, if I continue down this road, either the right are going to get more powerful or I'm going to get kicked out of my party by people who don't like the way I'm acting. So I just thought that was interesting that that's happening. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it. In, in very recent memory, we've had the Grand Coalition and we have in Berlin state, we have a Grand Coalition. These parties have worked together remarkably closely in the past, in the very recent past. And so in that context, I don't think it's remarkable that these two people sit down mm -hmm. and and have dinner together. In fact, it's kind of healthy, I think, in some ways. 
And yeah. I, from what from what I'm hearing from you, is it's it's almost like you're grasping for green shoots. You know, anything which is not encouraging the the half day is mm. is got to be a good thing, right? Anything that's slightly pushing back, any any sign that there's pushback against that, it's got to be a good thing. So, yeah, be optimistic or potentially very concerned because maybe they're hatching up a something that that mm. appeals that that is low lowest common denominator and appeals to both parties I who who knows but yeah i mean i guess grasp for for your green shoots and the optimistic view i mean i think i think you might be might be right i'm kind of grasping for for the the, the, the green straws i guess and i think it's 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 kind of terrible that the the policy they choose to come together around is what seems like quite draconian immigration laws but i, I remember saying at the start of the year that even though the opposition parties should be a strong opposition and should challenge the government government really only works when you sort of compromise and it felt like a compromise to a certain extent so i'm i'm kind of sticking to that rule that i've set myself basically yeah do, do we know from polling do we know what the number one concern is for those voters who would vote afd tomorrow is immigration their number one concern i think and it's is actually it therefore, economy it's the economy is it i think it's actually economy yeah yeah uh, okay because i was wondering whether they'd say okay look if we're gonna if it's in our common interest to 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 defeat the afd so is this the the one area that we can cut them off at the pass, not allow um, them to 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 get a, a jump on us? I think it might be that. I think it's just looking like like at the adults in the room. I think that's rather the strategy. Looking like we've we've got a handle on this mm. instead of just being at loggerheads and and kind of bitching and moaning at each other and not really moving any further forward because that doesn't seem to be working. So I think it's rather more on that front. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's it's well known that there's a a labour shortage in Germany, right? So the whole migration thing in, or immigration thing is is actually just as important for the business friendly or you know traditionally business friendly um, parties because they they need people, and often immigrants are seen as cheaper labour. They can bring people in and pay them less, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So it, I mean, it's that whole. Southern border drama in the United States, where they're sort of shooting themselves in the foot by not allowing all those people to come in, because they actually there are so many businesses that rely on that labour in in the Southern United States or in the United States from from those those migrants. There is an awareness that oh, actually we need more people than we have here for our business, you know, requirements. So why let's let's manage how we have those people and and control it and and rather than just close the borders and say no one else can come in which is maybe what the afd is is trying to push we say no we need these people because we we don't have enough people to do all the things that we need you know our population is aging etc cetera, etc cetera, all the, all those things i mean for what i've read it's it's less to do with employment and more to do with putting up barriers to to refugees really that's what it feels like um, and that's, at least that's what the Green Party has definitely been sort of focused on. Which, which is to me, just a complete failure of, of imagination. I mean, people are people, right? I mean, you just have to look at those countries that have, have really benefited from immigration. I mean, the United States being the primary example, the, the, the people who escaped 
wherever they escape from, Ireland, you know, Europe, et cetera, Germany. et cetera. <laughs> Germany, yeah, <laughs> and and migrated to the United States, and and that's sort of the backbone or the, the one of the the foundations of the success in the United States was those mm. people who were extremely motivated. And you can't tell me that someone who's risked their life to come across the bloody Mediterranean on a boat isn't fairly motivated to to better their life. Yeah, no, I think I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 oh, yeah, I mean, it's going to run and run. They're only just, Nancy Fraser, the interior minister, has only just sort of presented these ideas. So there's still a, a way to run. We'll see how long this kind of, uh, hands, hands across the, uh, the aisle is, is, is going to work. Um, yeah, but, uh, I, I can't, I just can't help thinking that this, this, that may be positives in all this, in all this rather, turgid kind of discussion so as we say at the end of the podcast every week for 149 episodes we welcome listener emails on topics that they're interested in or topics that they they just want to ask us about and lo and behold i opened the decades from home at gmail.com account inbox and bang we got a listener email from a lovely listener called Phil. He's a new listener. And uh, I'll skip the bit of praise that he gives me at the beginning because it is addressed to me and it is just saying how great I am. But if listeners would like a transcript, please do contact me. I'll send it out. But we'll start with the question. And it says, I suppose I'm showing my age when I know there are other outlets like Spotify available, but why does broadcast radio here suck so much? It's all just the same thing over and over again. I'm convinced each station, regardless of format, picks about 50 songs to play for the next half year. Is there any station I'm not aware of that will actually play anything not considered mainstream? If I hear Summer Wine one more time, oh, I feel it. I'll probably go into a rage. Anyway, thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Keep up the good work and greetings from Bon Phil. Yes, so... um. Uh, Simon's obviously celebrating because there's another another person in Bonn, um, <laughs> or there's even a reference to Bonn, despite the fact that producer Simon doesn't know anything about Bonn. Um, I'm not even sure he's actually left the house. But aside from that, <laughs> I know about the Haribo factory. <laughs> you do, you do. It's the one thing you do know about, and it's a good thing to know about for sure. It's an interesting question. I think it's something that we've probably all experienced. Anyone who's come to Germany will have noticed there's some kind of discrepancy with the radio but um here's a question to you both uh do you listen to the radio and if you do which station do you choose to listen to right now i have that emoji of the monkey with the hands over the eyes because i don't do german radio to me like the is it the djing the hosting it's not as up Wait, yeah. I I don't want something like the Energizer Bunny either, but I would like for something, you know, like something a little soothing, you know, makes the listening easier. But I don't have that on German uh, radio, so I don't do it. At least I don't vibe with the channels that I'm familiar with. My boyfriend, though, I mean, we do have German radio on in the car sometimes when we are driving because you need the traffic updates. And then we switch back to Spotify and I sing along to Adele. Oh, it's Adele, is it? All right. Uh-huh. Um, you definitely get Adele on the radio. I'm sure you get some Adele somewhere. What about you, Simon? Are you a big radio listener? Well, I'm a big audio listener. Okay. So 
most of my day is filled with podcasts. So I'm, you know, I can almost map out my day according to what podcasts I'm listening to. And so that means I don't have a lot of spare capacity for radio, broadcast radio. I have occasionally done some listening to German broadcast radio, a little bit in the car, but but even still I do podcasts in the car now. But what I found at the beginning was because I'm I still feel I'm very early on in my German language learning journey. I quite enjoyed or I sort of forced myself to listen to German radio just to to listen to German speaking German. And normally I would never listen to commercial radio, but one quite good thing about commercial radio is the repetitive nature of advertisements. And then as you're trying to learn the language and you start to pick up bits and pieces, it's quite handy hearing the same 30-second ad again and again and again because you start to recognize more words, hear more words, and it's actually quite yeah. useful. And and I was doing that with um, Radio Bond for a while, um, but it, the, yeah, the, the music and everything else is, is pretty terrible. Um, and then I started listening to Deutschland Funk, the Nova station, because I quite liked the music they were putting on there. And that's non-commercial, as far as I understand. And it's quite bizarre. I remember one Sunday morning, they had a, they had like a kids program on. And this is my early days of German, so I could have got this completely wrong. But I seem to think that they had young kids and the kids were being interviewed. And they were all talking about the fact that the boys fart more than the girls. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a cool topic. And of course, I thought it was hilarious as well. But um, yeah, there's a lot of spoken words. So they play some really good music or music that I like. Um, okay. It's all very subjective. Um, but they also, they have a lot of speech as well, which is, which is kind of handy. Yeah. So, so those are the only times I've sort of listened to, to German radio. But, but most of the time, I'm, I've got my head in, a, in podcasts. So I just don't have the capacity to, to listen to radio. Yeah. The Spotify thing, like if I go on a long distance journey, I'm only listening to a Spotify playlist. I do have some German music on there, hmm. uh, but mostly it's 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 on this podcast or, or or playlists that I've set up myself. But um, I, I do every morning. I listen to Deutschland Radio. I listen to the the news and and the sort of discussions that they have. I do that uh, quite a lot. And if I'm driving to work, I always listen to Ego FM, which is our local radio station purely because they play a lot of stuff that's on my playlist it's the only radio station i know that plays joy division new order it plays sam fender and but also mixes it in with some classic stuff play some german music too but only for a short distance or if i'm driving around the city because i can only get it within the confines of sort of augsburg uh, and as soon as we're out the city limits it, it turns off so i do like that that's the only radio station in the 10 years I've been here that I've actually listened to with any regularity because my, my wife used to listen to Antenna Bayern in the morning and it used to drive me absolutely crazy because the music was terrible. And the DJs would just play like a random selection of songs and it would be like a song that you'd never heard that's suddenly really popular that's from like the 60s or something. And then it would be like Pink Floyd and then it would be sort of, brian adams and then it would be pink like at one point i thought it was a 
part of the grunge cassettes that Pink had to be played <laughs> at any one time. Like Pink had to be on the radio at some point, like every day, because but, or else I don't know the whole country falls apart. It just I felt like I turned the radio on; it was just Pink on every station. Um, so we have Antenna Bayern, which is dirge, and the, this co-hosts do skits, and they're never funny. They're like horrible to listen to, or they do like. Well, there was one time where they did like a. They do some like a top fifty songs, and the number one song that they had was their version of a Bavarian hit, and I was like, "Fucking hell, that's terrible! It's so bad." And uh, we are buying Eins, buying Zwei, and buying Dry. Buying Dry is very popular with a lot of people, but it is again just a really bizarre playlist. So it's not. I, I, I'm not surprised Phil's kind of banging his head against the music wall, as it were. But yeah, it's pretty terrible. But I did do some some uh, investigations into why it might be that German radio is terrible. And I was wondering if it was just like our perceptions maybe, because you know how it is. We might just sort of perceive it to be bad when it actually, some places it's amazing. But what I discovered was that, although it's not, it's the answer isn't easy, frankly, and it did take a bit of research, but the vast majority of Germans seem to agree that German radio is terrible as well. Like a lot of the <laughs> lot of the message boards are read, Facebook posts, loads of blogs, people just saying it is terrible. But I did find out some interesting answers. So the first thing we need to understand is we are the problem. Us three particularly are the problem because streaming has made the market v very segmented. So once upon a time, when I was young, and you, Dilly, were even younger, and producer Simon was still old. Uh, radio was the only place to hear new music. Unless, of course, you were camping outside the record store for the latest New Kids on the Block LP. I think I'm showing my age a bit there. So radio stations had the monopoly, and to some extent they could pick whatever music they wanted, where, uh, and there was more artists as well. There's fewer artists, but similar amounts of sales. But like instead of there being... A hundred artists. There's like ten artists now. I, I I reject that wholeheartedly. Go on then. I I think there are a lot more artists. I think there's been tremendous democratization of of music. But if you were an industry person and from the music industry, you'd say it's actually killed the industry because because no one buys recorded music anymore. It's just streaming or 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 that's it. The only way musicians make money is from from doing shows and selling merch they they make nothing from recorded music these days as far as i know but you know i actually think if you go back to when we were kids very few people were able to get access to things like studios and stuff like that so there were a lot of people who who you know to make a record to make a recording it was just impossible to do now with the way technology's changed, and I hate to be a bore, and you can probably fade me out if this gets too boring, but you can virtually make a record in your in your own bedroom now. And so many musicians are able to get something in front of people in a way that they couldn't, say, 50 years ago. So that's why I would say I, I disagree that there's less mm. music. I think there's actually much more music. I mean, if you, just as an example, one of the podcasts I listen to is the BBC Music Introducing Mixtape, which comes out every Monday. Mm. And it's all just new people doing music. And the thing is, it's really good. You go, oh my goodness, 
people, if they heard this, they would buy this. So it's extremely mm-hmm. difficult to actually move probably from the noise of the general music-making population to be these these superstars. They're really sort of picked and chosen by by the big labels who, who, who push them. Um, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of really talented musicians out there. And the good thing is they are able to make music. And I, I don't know, they probably can't make a living out of it, but but at least they can record, I guess, put something out there. Yeah, I get that. But I, I, I mean, the point still stands. I think Dilly, Dilly made the point of saying she listens, or her and her boyfriend listen to the traffic, but then switch back to playing their playlist. And I think that's part of the part of the challenge is that the the artists that are commercially viable are, are fewer, but there there is a lot of music. There is a lot of like you can have very niche playlists that you can make yourself and mm. uh you can you can connect your phone to your stereo which it wasn't something you could do um mm. decades ago radio stations don't have the luxury of remaining niche to me there's a there's a really fundamental question here and, and we don't have to get back to phil but i'd really like to know which market phil's coming out of you know if he's coming from the uk i think in the uk you're pretty well serviced as a taxpayer with BBC in terms of your radio choices, you know, which is commercial free and, and you've got sort of the young poppy stuff and then you've got what they call what urban music on is it Radio Two or one no one extra, isn't it? That's that's that. And then you've got um, Six Music, which is, you know, sort of more grown up music and then the classical station and stuff like that. So if you're coming out of the UK, I think, wow. And then of course there's all the commercial stations in the UK as well. So yeah, it'd be fascinating for me to know where Phil's coming from and and what com- what's the comparison he's actually making. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the BBC in a moment because I think I think there is comparisons, but also a, a very big difference between the landscape in, in the UK versus Germany. But but yeah, I, like as I was saying, the sort of this niche nature of of streaming has forced radio stations to be more commercial in order to retain advertising. Mm. And another thing that comes up is apparently radio stations are just spending vast amounts of money endlessly focus grouping and doing market research to find like as bland a playlist as possible that will appeal to as many people as possible. And that's what generally comes out of of reading all this stuff is that they want to find out what appeals to an audience. And in turn, that data helps them attract advertisers who can tell uh, that they can say, well, we we attract this target market who listen to this type of music this broad base of of listeners who are all different age groups and so advertisers go great well we can we can sell our products there and given that the amount of ad revenue based models in gym radio is is the the kind of um the norm it means that music that appeals to broad audiences will be always be played and to keep people listening and attract these advertisers and the thing I was thinking about is next time anyone listens to the radio, you two or anyone, any of the listeners, count how many adverts there are for Raver, McDonald's, KFC, Lidl, like big brands that everyone uses that have cover every age group. And that's why you're going to hear Phil Collins, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> Pink, uh, all of that stuff, because that appeals to broad audiences and it appeals to the advertisers you want to advertise to broad audiences mm. too. And this is the thing that difference between BBC and and Germany is in Britain and for British listeners, 
especially if they come to Germany, they're used to the BBC, which dominates UK radio, but they also have a government mandate that they have to adhere to. They have a royal charter that says you've got to do, you've got to provide this service to the people. Uh, it doesn't have advertising either, so they don't have to worry about advertisers. And also, I think there's a deal between the BBC and a lot of record companies where they give them music essentially for free. They go like, play this, because they know if it goes out on the BBC, they can get a hit. And so there's like a symbiotic relationship there. And most German radio stations can't afford to not play this broad music. And if that includes lots of 80s and 90s stuff, or Adele for Dilly. <laughs> Um, and it does seem dated. So like when you listen to the radio, it is going to seem a bit, a bit dated mm. uh, for sure. I was going to ask though, Dilly, do you listen to any German language music? You're a bit of a Schlager fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there, sitting there slapping your thighs <laughs> <laughs> or listening to Helena Ooh. Fisher or something. I don't. I, that's not my, that's not my music to tell you the truth. So aside from Adele, what are you listening to? I'm just curious. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus! That would be quizzed on my music taste. No, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not a music fascist by any stretch. Like I have a very '80s kind of music taste because I grew up like you know Saturdays at home, early '90s. Mm -hmm. um, my parents would play the radio, and that's what we would wake up to. And you know, you have all those Saturday music uh, songs. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, like Michael Bolton, Whitney Houston, and the whole thing. <laughs> Michael Bolton. I won't, I'll be honest, Michael Bolton is not on my playlist. Not, on he's my playlist. Not, not everything from the 80s was good. He's not on mine either, but I remember his songs and The Carpenters. I'm, I'm, I'm just opening my Spotify because that's where I have all the music that I like. Paul Karak. I even like, uh, like R&B. Uh, it's um, and I like classical music sometimes. It really depends on my mood. I mm. it's it's very hard to like a Zadok the priest. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow! I really like it. That's I like wild. I like I like playing that when I'm like like out jogging or walking or like on the train or something because it's mm. such a grand piece of music and uh, it makes the ordinary seem so extraordinary. And without any of the participants oh, yeah. knowing it, it's just my knowledge. I think that's cool. I find I listen to a lot of 80s stuff. I mean, the, the, the stuff I'm looking at, I mean, I listen to a lot of Joe Strummer and The Clash because I'm totally fucking cool. Talking Heads definitely are on there. I've got a lot of like U2. I suddenly the listened cause. to U2 and I was like, that's all right. I, I've got a bit of The Cause on there, a bit of Zeppelin. But like, like again, I'm, I'm, I love New Order. I love The Cure. Yeah. I love all that stuff. So it's like, I definitely want to hear that as much as possible. My my thing is because former co-host Simon is a big punk fan, uh -huh. I find that he's the person who gives me the most new music. So like bands that I'd, are old, but I'd never heard of, like The The, I'd never heard of them. And he, and he played me that, I think a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I just became infatuated with them. Ah. And I was like, this is, a, this is the greatest thing. But he, he got, he, I think during the pandemic, he got into uh, a lot of kind of niche kind of folky punk music. Yeah. And so there's like a lot of that stuff that, and another band, one of my favorite bands that he got me into was um, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. And they're a punk band that do cover songs uh -huh. exclusively. Okay. And, and that like, that's the, so, so, but you're never going to hear that. No effects. Yeah. You're never going to hear no effects on the, on, on German radio, really. You'd have to find a real niche place to listen to. 
and and Simon, I'm assuming you like uh, polka, maybe, or is it like harpsichord music you're into? Where to start? I mean, you guys are so young. Oh. You think, oh, 80s music so cool. You didn't even live through the 80s. I was there. I actually was there when the 80s were happening. You, you say, oh, you too. And I go, oh, yeah. Which U2 album? Were you there when they started? Did you, you know, did you hear their very first one? Tears all, for Fears? All, all, uh, Can early... you remember when Tears for Fears come out? Or have you just heard old people talk about them? I've got Tears for Fears on my playlist. Always early U2, of course, not late. U2. Well, I, I, Okay, I haven't heard their latest, latest stuff, but but actually, yeah, there's bits and pieces all the way. I mean, Aktung Baby is a brilliant album as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good. Totally. But, but yeah, at the same time, early, 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 um, you know, Live at Red Rocks, that, that album is just mm-hmm. brilliant. I, lo- I love that one. See, look at us all agreeing on our music choices. Isn't that nice? Is that not nice? But, 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 okay, so here's the challenge to you guys. Do you listen to new music now or do you just listen to old stuff? I force myself to listen to new music. I think that's really important. Like, have you heard? Have you heard Olivia Rodriguez? Have you heard that album? Have you heard her two albums? No. Put some time into it. No. Jeez. Olivia Rodriguez. I, I, okay. I, I'll put it on my playlist. Right. I'll have a listen to it tomorrow morning when I go to work. Absolutely no problem. I'll give you. I'll give you my feedback. I look forward to that feedback afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from our music tastes. And we've talked a little bit about German language music, but one thing that does come up as well is the fact that German language music is it's not really played as much as it should be, mm. considering it's the the we're in Germany in the language of the country exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so a lot of people complain that there isn't enough German raid, uh, music, and a lot of people and and the, the blame is yet generally placed on the listener for not wanting it, and the, all these focus groups say, oh, we don't really want to listen to it. And there's also an assumption that German music is not very good at the moment. So uh, you don't get a lot of that. But the, again, the radio station Ego FM that I listen to has a lot of German music on it, and it's perfectly fine, and I like listening to it. Some of it's good. I always find it interesting listening to sort of how, like, because it's not, German isn't a language that's succinct, and then you listen to them, lyrics and you're like oh it's interesting how the structure that sentence to fit it into the beat or it's interesting the beat they've chosen in order to fit the lyrics to it and there's a lot of uh creativity there that i find quite interesting i I quite like a lot of because i'm not a big lyric person i have to freely admit that and so it doesn't really matter what language people are singing and as far as i'm concerned and i like i like a lot of german hip-hop I like German rap. It sounds yeah. fine to me. I think it's, uh, yeah. yeah, I like it. I, mean, I like, I've, I listened to a bit of Seed and I've got like some new, I think Vassaman is one that I've been listening to a lot. The songs I like and then I don't listen, don't really listen to albums. So, but yeah, uh, mostly there's a lot more English content than there is German content. The last thing that I'm going to mention is the, uh, the actual cost of playing music. Mm. And I'm not sure how, well, you know, the GEMA or G-E-M-A, the Gesellschaft für Musikalische Erfuhrungs und Mechanisches, uh, oh God, this is a word, for Vielfältigungsrechter, okay, which is basically the society that protects the royalties for performers and producers of music. And 
it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone in Germany that one of the reasons why why radio might suck is bureaucracy. Ah, it's the bureaucracy, I tell you. So basically, when all of us, uh, well, maybe not you, Simon, but certainly when you, Dilly, arrived in Germany, you must have noticed that you would go on YouTube and you click on videos and you wouldn't be able to play them. Yeah. And it would say that, that you you can't play this in Germany. Yeah, yeah, true. Or this is locked out. Yeah. And it was because the, there was a disagreement between YouTube and the gamer group because they wouldn't pay royalties yeah. and they eventually came to an agreement in the middle of the 2010s huh. which allowed us to watch music on and listen to music on youtube yeah and they collect the royalties for artists and i'm not an expert listener at all and i read far too many pdfs about <laughs> about this but from what my understanding from these pdfs that they dictate the fees for private and non-private radio stations or anywhere that plays music and it, it does go a bit over my head, but the fees are based on length of the play of the music, whether it's a jingle or not. It's also based on audience numbers. And the only way around this sort of system is if the artist has been dead for 70 years. Mm. So if you want to set up a radio station in Germany, you better be playing Buddy Holly or <laughs> like... 1920s soul revival music or something. I don't know, <laughs> like spiritual music or something. Because honestly, that's the only way you'll get around them. Or you can play royalty-free music. Uh, that's the other way. And that feels a bit funny that that's the deal. But um, if you're playing music in a public area, like bars have to pay this, clubs have to pay this, even festivals like uh, Oktoberfest or something would have to pay this. And, and obviously the radio stations too. So there's a big, there's a price that can be quite hefty. It can, in some cases, it can be 15 to 20 euros per song. Mm -hmm. um, oh. But it, you, they, yeah, but usually you pay like a, a subscription. Right. Which allows you, and I think that's like 400 euros a month or something, wow. and you can pay that. But if you're a small like bar or restaurant or yeah. cafe, a lot of money. Yeah, no, that's true. Like that's like a student's rent. Exactly. So uh, I do hope that's answered your question, Phil. It's long-winded, but I'm sure you didn't expect it to be a short answer. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, if you do have a question, listener, please do write in and let us know, and we will try our damnedest to answer it for you. That brings us to the end of the show. We are off to listen to producer Simon's harpsichord playlist. Yeah, man, get down to that chamber music beat. <laughs> um, if you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome, all lowercase, on Twitter. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dilly on at Dilly Algema, and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on decadesfromhome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40percentgerman.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks, and bis zum nächsten Mal. Cheers! Cheers.